Welcome to our special edition of Breaking Badness. In this bonus episode, you'll hear from the winner of our top-level defender competition. Co-host Tim Helming and myself sat down with them to cover their career path, resources, inspirations, and more. This bonus episode of Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to our special edition of Breaking Badness. Before I introduce our extra special guest and winner of our top-level Defender contest, I'm your host for the day, known as Puns and Roses, or in less formal circles, Kelsey LaBelle, and I'd also like to introduce my co-host, Tim Helming, trying not to be known for any connection with the 2000 Megaflop Battlefield Earth. So in case listeners aren't familiar with our TLD, or Top Level Defender Contest, 2020 has forced a lot of reflection in each of us, and frankly, myself and Tim and many people at our organization have been ruminating over how much we appreciate you. Each frontline security practitioner and defender, you play a critical role in making the internet a safer place, for protecting our loved ones, for educating one another, and for limiting our web-based anxiety. Something that's rather important in the year of the plague. We understand that your dedication to your end user and consumer isn't without sacrifice. There are many sleepless nights interrupted by pages, arthritis from typing in those pesky leather gloves, days spent charging hell with a squirt gun, the plight of owning only hoodies, and of course, harm to your eardrums from the satisfying clacks of your custom mechanical keyboards. We at Domain Tools want to support you and pay your kindness and efforts forward. And although we can't sunset JavaScript, disable macros, or remind folks to use unique passwords, we can invest in you. So, ergo, we created this top-level Defender program so we could do exactly that. So what does it mean to be named a top-level Defender? What, what do you win? What do you get? Well, of course, we send you some swag. We interview you on our podcast, which is what you're doing here, is hearing that play out feature you on our blog, and, oh yeah, an all-expenses-paid SANS 4578 course. So without further ado, I am incredibly honored and excited to introduce our first, hopefully of many, top-level defender, Olga Jelani. Believe me, there are many inspiring stories shared in all the nominations for this. There were so many defenders out there, and in a perfect world, we'd foot the bill for all of you for the SANS course. But what made Olga stand out uh, and ultimately resulted in her victory in this uh, this contest of ours? Uh, first of all, we loved the story of her self-directed path into the field. It's an inspiration, as you'll hear, to anyone that's looking to join this field. Also, her dedication to teaching, sharing, and really paying it forward to other members of the community. And then she's hands-on. She's making contributions uh, daily to making the internet a safer place through her work uh, with reverse engineering, detection engineering, and other things that uh, we'd love to hear more uh, about from her later on. But let me start off here by reading the nomination that we received for Olga. This came from Zena Olson, who, if you are on InfoSec Twitter, you might know as Cheerio. Uh, and her nomination went like this. I would like to nominate Olga Jelani. I have known Olga since the start of her InfoSec journey. 
She started with CompTIA Security Plus to try and get her foot into the field. She never hesitates to ask questions. She participated and still participates in security events to learn. She's eager to learn new skills. When she had a hard time breaking into the security field, she prepared for CISSP on her own to prove that she's very interested in protecting the users in the cyber world. After passing Security Plus and CISSP, she became an active member in InfoSec groups and started mentoring newcomers. She would hold phone calls with the new learners to help them understand concepts and challenging materials. She utilized her teaching skills to break down complex topics. She never asked to be paid back. Recently, she asked me to find a person from my InfoSec group who's interested in entering the field, but due to financial challenges, can't afford to pay for a cert. She ended up buying a voucher that I had passed to a lady in my group. In fact, her goal is to buy another voucher soon for another person who wants to start a career in the field. Sharing knowledge and resources is her goal. Olga already holds SEC 401 and would like to grow her knowledge as she moves toward reverse engineering. She spends a good amount of time learning malware behavior during her free time. She had set a virtual lab environment to practice writing Yara rules to understand IOC. So what a great introduction. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Olga. Olga, it is lovely to have you on the podcast today. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. And I'm, I'm very honored and I'm very humbled by having the chance or getting the chance to win this opportunity to take a, a science course. Uh, thank you so much for choosing me, and thank you, Zena, for writing uh, the nomination letter. I appreciate it, and I hope to keep contributing and helping as much as I can, and also to grow in this field that fascinates me every day. Thank you so much. Olga, we're, I mean, you've deserved all of it. You've earned it completely, and we're just excited to be able to to chat with you about it. And something I will say is I know that you and Xena or aka Cheerio are part of a really cool group on InfoSec that's all about paying it forward, especially women in InfoSecurity on, on Facebook specifically. Is that right? Yes, we are. I, um, I, during the process of finding security groups uh, on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn, I stumbled upon her group uh, just by searching. And I joined there not expecting much, um, but I was pleasantly surprised uh, by Zena's group and by the resources that were posted there, the help extended to us uh, if we had questions. And uh, I appreciate that Zena really, she still takes the time to post and share with us any resources that could help benefit us. And most of the time they're free or very long a very low cost, but uh, uh, yes, um, so I'm part of that group. I have been maybe three years or four years. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, that's how I met Zina and uh, other um, smart and uh, encouraging uh, women in that group. So yeah, we're the same group. And I am a part of a few groups, but I think I always go back to this one specifically. I always find something resourceful and something useful uh, that uh, gets posted there. And of course, Zena is the most active one keep, who keeps posting. And uh, thank you, Zena, for the group. <laughs> <laughs> I love that group, too. It's one of the greatest joys after meeting Zena of being able to 
to look in there. Sometimes it's just a happy place I go on the internet. You know, those safe places where you're like, I just want to see people be nice to each other. And I'm like, I'm going to go to this Facebook group. Yes, <laughs> We're very I nice totally to each other agree. here. <laughs> exactly. And no expectations and no, um, it, you just go there. Uh, seriously. Um, or listen, read posts from women or maybe read about the struggle of some trying to get into the field or uh, read about successes. Uh, or the help, the hand extended for those who are looking for support. And I did really find this is the most helpful group uh, of all of them. Absolutely. I'm going to ask Zena for permission. And if I, if I get it, I'll go ahead and make sure to link this actually in the um, blog post and in uh, your podcast notes. So other women um, and female identifying people in info security can join because it's super valuable. Um, and with that, Something we always love to do with our guests and a way to get to know you throughout the episode is, you know, typically in our Breaking Badness episodes, one of us comes up with three article titles um, from this previous, you know, from the past week and two of which are real and have just been retooled a little bit um, to throw our personalities and one is a, a lie. But we always love when we have special guests to play a real game of two truths and a lie, the traditional way. So we would love to start with that to learn a little bit more about you. Okay, I do have two truths and one lie. <laughs> uh, okay, the the first uh, one is um, I I speak four languages. Um, the second one, I didn't touch a computer until I turned nineteen. The third one is I didn't have a landline phone in my house until I turned 18. Like at 18 was the first time I had a phone number that belonged to me or to the house. And the other, again, I uh, didn't touch a computer until 19 and I speak four languages. <laughs> These are I good. Love, these are really good. Yeah, this is really good. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to, Tim and I are going to have to really listen very intently to your stories today because we're going to guess at the end and so we're just going to have to do our best to to tune into any tricks uh -oh. right. if there's a if there's a tell somewhere along the way <laughs> i'll be in my toes i'll make sure i don't spill the beans <laughs> that's right and of course our questions uh couldn't have been engineered to try to do that because we didn't know what your truths and a lie were going to be anyway when we wrote up our uh, our questions for you so it's just, we're going to be on our toes. We should always start these with a game of poker before we let you know that we're doing two truths and a lie. So we learn the tells before. That's what we should be doing from now on, Tim. That's a good idea. Filing away for next for time. future reference. <laughs> we wouldn't do that to you, though, Olga. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, for starters, uh, we just love to learn a little bit more about you, and we love for our listeners to get a chance to know Olga. So, you know, how did you get started in info security? And your your nomination touches on this a little bit, but how did you really first get interested in technology? Well, I do have a whole master's in computer engineering management and bachelor's in electrical engineering technology. But that was um, a while back. And then it took a backseat because I was a stay-at-home mom. Um, uh, so once the kids got a little bit older, I decided I want to do 
something besides raising kids, which is great, but also I wanted to do something um, to to keep my mind busy, to to fulfill some desires I had, and um, I looked how at how I could reinvent myself. Um, and started, and of course I realized everything around me is technology. Everything is uh, cyber. Everything is computers, phone. Our lives revolve around it. And I do have that instinct of defending. Uh, granted, it wasn't defending maybe the cyber world. It was more defending, um, you know, uh, physical. Uh, I have that sense, and I decided maybe I can transfer that skill into the cyber world. And I started investigating or learning more about what, how could I reinvent myself. And um, I said, yeah, the cyber world seems very interesting. How do I start? I did, I did not know where I would go. Whenever I ask questions, generic questions, or they seemed vague, and I would get answers, oh, the cyber is so big. The cyber world is so huge. The security field has so many ways you can break into it. But I never had a guideline or how, what do you mean? Uh, uh, how would I do that? Uh, no, there was no pointer to how I would start. Um, but in my mind, I wanted to defend. And that's how I got into this field. I can't imagine a better defender than a mom, you know, just bringing <laughs> that with you to work. I don't know what transferable skill <laughs> applies better than that, right? That that's is incredible. Very, that's very true. Um, you know, we have that instinct in us. And uh, I did grow up with a big family. And also I had that in my blood. So um, to, to be a defender, and of course, it's, it's physical, it's protective, uh, making sure the siblings are safe. And uh, uh, it's... Those are skills you can transfer, meaning in the mental uh, thinking, oh, I got to defend, I got to protect, I I know someone's, uh, let's say, finances are in uh, on, the, on the line if we don't protect. I know someone's maybe personal information are on the line. So you think about protection, uh, so you transfer that skill, but of course, or you transfer that thinking. And of course, you have to learn the skills to transfer that thinking. And that's where I was lost in 2016. As of, as of let's say, March, I had no idea what I was going to do. Uh, how would I break into this? Uh, and after soul searching and after reading on the internet and reading uh, InfoSec uh, blogs, uh, I decided to go after CompSia. Security Plus. Um, going after the Security Plus, I had no idea what ports are. I had no idea what um, what's a router, what's a firewall. Um, these were, these words didn't mean anything to me. I didn't know what they were, or I might have heard the word, but I didn't know what they do really. Oh, why am I using a switch? Why am I using a router? Um, why am I closing this port? Uh, I, as I said, I didn't even know what ports were until CompTIA. It sounds like it was a really effective training. And I know that's a question that um, we get into quite frequently, especially whenever we have um, special guests on our podcast. And I know we're going to touch on that in just a little bit. Spoiler alert. Um, I believe 
Tim's going to ask you some questions about that. But one thing I'd love for you to describe for our listeners is what a typical day in the life looks like for an information system security engineer. And if there even is a typical day for you, if that changes <laughs> and evolves so frequently, if that seems like a ridiculous question, that, that'd be curious to know that too. Um, at my current role, which I started back in August, um, and that is, I, I'm loving this role very much. Um, but there is no typical day, um, unfortunately, or fortunately, it depends on how you are thinking. Um, every so we deal with different systems or different uh, OSs, or uh, and each system or each OS has its own rule set, how it interacts with the other systems. And my day has been since almost August is, how does system A communicate with system B securely and without, um, this, without the system breaking? And of course, trust me, I broke a few systems here and there, uh, but then I fixed them. Uh, because the, the engineers will not like it if they were all still down. Uh, so there is <laughs> if you, no... If you look at stuff here and there, you're not doing it right, I think. <laughs> what is it? You have to break a few systems to make an omelet? That's the, that's the yeah. idiom, right? <laughs> I think so. It, it's, uh, so it's the challenge is um, for me, or my typical day is... Um, Getting those to work securely, uh, making sure they're functioning properly while I'm getting um, or the security uh, scanning or the security um, vulnerability results are very low, which means my system is highly secured. Um, And of course, um, we all know we have patches and those patches will break some systems. Uh, those patches would have to be adjusted or uh, maybe uh, remove some systems or minimize uh, or make changes on the, on the system to, to work with the new patches or with the new upgrades or with the new updates. So really there is no typical day because I do, man- I do look at a few different environments. Uh, but And each environment, uh, again, will come up with its own challenges. And you you have to figure it out, sit down, figure it out, and make uh, sure the integration between these systems is working properly and securely. Um, sometimes the silliest thing will will break uh, a system, uh, but you have to use your investigation uh, skills. Oh, okay, I understand how I get it to work now. So your job is secured and making with the production or the engineers happy. Uh, that's a tough job, <laughs> but <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it most of the time. <laughs> it's clear that uh, part of working in this field is learning. Um, in some fields that in- require licensing, people like to describe receiving the license as a license to learn. You know, It's an emphasis that the learning is never over, no matter what certifications or licenses or credentials or qualifications you have. And so with that, uh, Olga, we'd love to hear uh, where you like to discover new information and technologies and practices and so forth. So, you know, there are a multitude of different watering holes and communities. We've touched upon a couple of them already. Um, 
And Zena, aka Cheerio, mentioned that you're always eager to learn new skills. So are there any trusted spaces you like to go to to learn these things maybe that we haven't already touched on today? Um, I, to be honest, I, um, I do search. Uh, my, my learning resources are where the systems are coming from. Like if I'm working in Windows on a server, I would like to, to go to Windows um, or to Microsoft resources, uh, trusted resources to, le to learn how to resolve my issues and learn more about um, something I'm working on. Um, it's, um, I'm sorry. Um, that was perfect. <laughs> Windows was just chiming in there for you, right? Yeah, <laughs> there we go. I'm sorry, I don't apologize for that. <laughs> They're listening. They hear us. They're like, yes, brand us, Olga. <laughs> Here's our time. <laughs> yeah, if, if it's a Red Hat system, I go to the Red Hat community to learn. And I do have a few uh, people who I reach out to who have been not necessarily in the security field, maybe in the administrative field or in a certain environment who I reach out to for um questions and clarifications if I'm lost or I couldn't find what I need. I haven't learned to utilize all um, other resources, um, since especially with this job specifically, I'm, I'm still learning. I learn something every day. Um, I, a few months ago, besides the GSEC um, for, for one, I did not understand what domains are or group policies or um, uh, domain controller or, or, uh, or organizational unit. It was just a word for me. And uh, after four months, uh, I understand the structure of a server and when the, and the domain controllers. Uh, but yeah, I do reach out to certain communities that are, you know, official or to, to friends or, or coworkers who are more knowledgeable of what I'm doing. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's really helpful. And what I like uh, about what we're hearing from you, Olga, is how accessible so many aspects of this work actually are. You know, there's there's a lot already known out there that you can capitalize, but let's talk a little bit about the unknown. So what's the biggest surprise to you, you would say, since you entered the InfoSec industry? Um, and are there any preconceived notions about this uh, career path that you wish that you could have a forum to squash. Now you've got that forum. Oh, uh, the surprise was that there's a lot of surprises in this. Um, if I had the chance to restart, like if I go back four years ago, I would have set a complete virtual lab environment and uh, at home with dealing with. Um, uh, having Windows like full ser event server uh, because pretty much 90% of the world users are computer uh, Microsoft users. I would set environment a complete environment with uh, another environment with Linux environment and uh, practice different tools. Unfortunately, I didn't come across even now after I after being in the field for a while. I didn't come across a, a certain book or a certain side that would uh, site would help with building those environments um, but i would just build 
those environments and add, uh, play around with uh, how Linux uh, is secure, the different tools, how they, uh, how they are used or utilized in my, uh, to do investigation jobs. But of course, I wouldn't know I had, I would, uh, um, how to utilize these tools or use them if I didn't have some guidance. Yeah, I, I don't have a, like a guidance per se, but I would set those virtual. At least you don't want to. If you don't want to set a whole, um, you use the whole computer for this uh, testing, and you don't actually want to do that. You don't want to open, uh, do it on your system or your host. Just get a good desktop uh, with uh, good processing uh, power and uh, good space. Uh, you you need a, a space for all these virtual machines. And just play around. Maybe you could make a little network on uh, make these machines communicate with each other and play around with that. Um, practice Linux uh, uh, or Unix commands as much as you can. Um, PowerShell is uh, catching now, catching up, and I would I'm, I'm learning PowerShell right now a little bit here and there for the job, but I would practice PowerShell and Linux and Unix. Um, that's how I would do it. That's solid, solid recommendations. Very good. What about, you mentioned that finding guidance is so important. What are your suggestions on how to find mentors and how, how did you go about finding mentors in the various subcategories of, uh, um, of security work that you've done? Um, I think I forced them to be mentors. <laughs> um, uh, it's again, um, from, from these groups I had been on, Zena and another group, I, I, just, I, would, I would post questions to some people who I thought would help or would know. Oh, I was going to say, I think not being shy about asking those questions seems like it's yeah. a really key ingredient. I exactly. I learned not to be. Uh, there's no question that's stupid question. There's no stupid question as yeah. as much as you think it is. It's not, and that is very very important in my opinion. And that's the most important thing. Don't be shy about asking a question. You might think it's stupid. Uh, doesn't matter. Uh, and even if it is, it doesn't matter. Even if even if your mentor or the person you're asking thinks that way, don't worry about it. Just ask ahead because if you don't ask you will not know and you might need that knowledge for the next problem you're facing. You know, um, when, when uh, you have those questions about people like to ask, what's your superpower? I really think that one of your superpowers, Olga, is that, is the uh, going, forging ahead and asking those questions because it can be really, it can be hard when you're sort of standing on the edge of the diving board, like, am I, I'm afraid I'm gonna look naive or ignorant or something, or I'm gonna ask a question that everybody's going to think I should already know the answer to, but we all have, you know, have things to learn. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing this. And I couldn't agree more with your, your point about there are no stupid questions. In fact, uh, when I'm giving talks and whatnot, and somebody asks a question and they preface it with, this may be a stupid question. I always tell the audience, guess what? That's usually a signal that a really good question is about to be asked. And so, uh, so I think that's one of your superpowers is just um, going forward and, and not being shy about asking those things. So, you know, encouragement to everybody out there. Um, if you feel that uh, that kind of shyness about that, 
totally understandable. And um, let Olga be your inspiration to uh, push ahead with that. Um, I have another question about uh, security, which is, what is something that you wish that you could improve in the security industry? Uh, and I should be working on this now, actually, to improve, is have some kind of a guideline uh, for the newcomers. Um, and I really, uh, I really need to find the time to do that. Have, have some kind of a guideline. Have a kind of, what kind of security they want to do? They want to do more of uh, maybe, I'm giving an example, uh, networking security, or they want to do information security, or they want to do risk assessment. Or So if, let's say, I, I want to do vulnerability assessment. Okay, um, this is what you need to set as an environment in your lab. You need uh, maybe to work... Uh, with Nessus, but before you understand, before you work with Nessus, I this is what you need to know. Like networking, maybe you don't want to be a network engineer or a network architect. You just, but you have to have the basics. So build the basics of the networking and start playing with vulnerability assessment tools. So when um, um, when you start running uh, those tools, yeah, I see vulnerability this one. Oh, maybe it's saying port blah 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 is uh, it needs to be closed or secured or your firewall has this uh, rule that could needs to change so i would set that environment after learning a little bit of networking if you want to approach for example um, information understand maybe crypto cryptology a little bit or learn more about um, encryption more um so i I would love to have that kind of guidance for newcomers. So they're not as lost as me on what they need to do. Uh, that is my goal when I have time, after I finish learning this. <laughs> we talk about this a lot at uh, Domain Tools. Um, and I think this applies in pretty much every situation. But you know, when someone's running through an investigation and they're looking at potentially like DNS or who is, or just any general infrastructure, SSL information, and they have this sort of like gut feeling, right? And you're like, why did you choose to pivot on that? And it's something that you just, it takes so much time sometimes to learn when you're just in a vacuum and just kind of having to figure out why that was the right decision or why that that instinctual feeling kicked in of the subconscious pattern that you've seen over like hundreds of investigations. And so being able to accelerate that for folks with those guides and giving them maybe a head start on some of what those signals might look like and then what to do once you see that seems incredibly valuable. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, may, I wanted to touch back uh, on uh, the topic of asking questions. Is that okay? Yes. I think it's funny that you asked a question at the end of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I, I want to give this advice to any person as, aspiring to be in, into this field. I attended a lot of meetups and uh, webinars, and mostly meetups, of course, before the pandemic. And I even traveled sometimes for 50, 60 miles to attend something. You're going to meet with people who, are, who think they know everything, and you don't belong to the field because you don't know as much as they do. So please do not let that intimidate you. 
um, just listen and move on. Um, so don't make that stop you from uh, trying to achieve what you're trying to achieve or trying to progress or trying to break into a field, regardless of what the field is. Uh, don't let uh, someone's thinking or attitude influence how you want to approach this uh, journey. That's very, very important. And I'm saying that from a personal experience, I did have some setbacks with this, uh, with this attitude. And then I go, no, um, I can do it. If they can do it, I can do it. So keep that in That's mind. Right. Keep that in mind for any person who is shy about asking questions or who might get intimidated by these um, individuals. There aren't many of them, but they could be um, bullies, if you will. Yeah. I wish there was a podcast noise. It's probably saying like, mm-hmm, but it feels rude and interruptive. But I've just been like, my neck is going to hurt tomorrow from just like vigorously nodding to this conversation. Because when you were initially actually talking, Olga, about asking questions, I was thinking to myself, how humble that is, right? To be willing to say like, I don't know everything. It's It feels really vulnerable to put yourself out there. And this is across any industry or any job function, right? It's so important. I mean, to assume that one knows everything. It, it it's... <laughs> and I do have, um, uh, luckily I had good bosses or good uh, managers who are um, willing to share every knowledge they have uh, to help uh, to help me progress. So I got very lucky with this. Um, teams, uh, team, teammates, team members um, uh, have been great too. So I got very fortunate when it came to asking questions and getting answers and not be shy and, and not say, hey, I don't know this. Um, can you please uh, help me? Or what, what, do you, what do you think I should be doing? Or uh, um, what am I looking for? Uh, these, these help a lot. Uh, whether it's your your boss, your teammates, people, your mentors, whoever it is, please do not stop asking questions. The moment you stop asking questions, uh, you might if you if you know it, great. If you don't know it and you stop, you're not gonna progress. Very well said, and I think too, it's worth mentioning, Olga, that it's not luck that you created that culture right within your organization and when people feel comfortable to ask each other questions and learn from one another everybody gains from that and so your your team and your organization are just really lucky to have you for that for that reason because i think it is contagious that curiosity is is contagious so thank you for sharing that with our audience and with the people that you interact with at work thank you yeah it's true it's contagious and your that's a very good uh, way to describe it it's contagious and it gives people the courage and the power to ask. Yeah, and thank you for reminding all of us when there's sort of the the, um, the security hubris, I guess I'll call it, that occurs, and I, I do <laughs> see that come up. But it is a small number, and many of us are here as a community to help one another. And so don't let don't let the squeaky wheel scare you. So thank you for reminding people to not allow that to set them back and i'd really love to just end on that note before we tim and i try to guess on your two truths and a lie with what i feel is a, a very uh natural final question which is who is your info security hero 
who is someone that inspires you and who is the sort of the foil or the opposite of the person you just described that sort of bullies or doesn't leave space to ask good questions and to learn from one another? Or am I here or uh, someone who is generous with his, her ta- his or her time, his or her knowledge? And I'm very lucky I have a couple of those people. Uh, I don't want to mention names just because uh, <laughs> they are out there, but it's okay. Um, I, uh, I'm not sure how they would feel, but I, I do have a couple of really, really very knowledgeable or very generous people who, even when I ask questions and they, they don't know it, they will help me, work with me to help uh, solve the issue that I'm facing. My least favorite is um, when I had someone um, who tried to deter me or to steer me away from this field. And his, his sentence to me was, you're a stay-at-home mom. What do, what do you want to do with this in this field? Like, why are you approaching this? Or why, what are you trying to accomplish by entering this field? So that is my least favorite uh, sentence. I, I literally heard that sentence from one person. Um, and I made that uh, as a way to push forward. So, I'd like to see that person try to be a stay-at-home mom. I think it's a lot harder than they think it is. I think it's probably a lot harder than info security. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's a show I'd watch. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. So these are my, you know, these are my. Least. So please, if you're, if you are there, you know, and you're, you're a smart person, or you have a lot of knowledge, experience. And you see someone struggling, please, please, please do not put them down. If you can't say something good, if you can't help them, uh, just do not try to deter them. We need a lot in this field. We need a lot of knowledge and and a lot of people um, as we grow. And uh, we so the more we, we the more we prepare people uh, into in this field, the safer our cyber space will be. I'm hoping so. So, yeah, uh, these are my favorites and my least favorites. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you want, Olga, rather than saying their names, you could do something more generic, like their social security number, their mother's maiden name, or <laughs> first make and model car. <laughs> the password just that kidding, they just reuse kidding. on all those sites. <laughs> oh. Oh, man. there is uh, well someone maybe one of them is um his 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 nickname is mad unix um he is uh, yeah that's his nickname mad unix and he's a uh, he's a member a board member i think a board member or a member of a security exchange uh, he's he gives a lot to the community to be uh, yeah I, I mean I use his guide to learn to study space so I still reach out to him after these years but there is another person he's not as active in the community but um, has been very generous with his help um, so yeah one of them is Matt Unix and I think that person should be okay with me saying his name. <laughs> Or Fadi, <laughs> Fadi Soda. Yeah, Fadi Soda. I can share, actually, I can send you a link. Um, oh, perfect. Yeah, uh, we'd love to share those materials. Share the love. Uh, yeah, he's, he's very, very, 
he's very knowledgeable, very smart, very generous, and paying it forward and helping. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll make sure I share that link or his LinkedIn link with with you after this. Perfect. Yeah, we'll include that in the notes. And thank you for that reminder too about that other individual. You don't have to be the loudest voice on Twitter or on a LinkedIn group or at a meetup to have an impact on the community. And sometimes those those intimate relationships that you have with a coworker or you're sharing with one another and learning from one another, sometimes that is a bigger impact than any other type of person can have. So that's it's lovely that you have someone like that in your yeah. um in your organization or a previous organization that you get to work with. Yes. I'm very fortunate in that. <clears throat> My dog is um strolling in the background, by the way. She's very intrigued by this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so if you hear little taps, she's tap dancing for you, Olga. Oh, great. Thank you. <laughs> I need something to dance for me today. <laughs> <laughs> dance for Olga, Peanut. Dance. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, I think this leads us to the two truths and a lie. So would you name those one more time, Olga? And then Tim and I are going to give our best guess. Okay. The first... Um... Uh, the, the first uh, of the three is the, I didn't touch a phone until I was 19. The second one is I speak four languages. The third one is I didn't have a land, landline phone until I was 18. Okay, my guess is that you don't speak four languages. I think you speak more than four languages because of how innately curious you are and good at learning you are. So that's that's my guess. That's what I think the lie is. Yeah. Okay. I think that's a really good guess um, because I agree. Uh, you you strike me as somebody who may have more than four languages under your belt. I'm going to go with the didn't have a landline until you were 18 and, and only because it seems like it's usually the opposite. Like landlines are generally what people uh, used to have. And I say that as a person who proudly still does have a landline. And I get a lot of funny looks <laughs> from people when I tell them that. Uh, but you also have a rotary phone, Tim. I do. It's true. It's uh, very, Not to remind you of that. <laughs> no, I love being reminded of that. It looks very madman uh, in my office here on the desk. But um, uh, that's going to be my guess just because of kind of the chronology of uh, landline phones. But who knows? Well, I don't speak four languages. You got it right, uh, Kelsey. Yes! I, didn't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't speak four languages. I speak two and a half, maybe. But I mean, uh, unless you consider, unless you consider the computer languages a language, <laughs> that would be different. Like if you consider, hey, C plus plus is a language. Python is a little bit of language. Yeah, I don't speak four. I speak two, and uh, maybe a half or a little bit and a half depends. When I go to Montreal, Canada, I have to start uh, recalling my French. Uh, Ooh, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it just evaporates because I haven't I have been out of Canada for a while and I moved to it when I was older. As for the landline, yeah, I didn't have a phone. I mean, phone at all until 18. Um, um, yeah, we didn't have phone where I grew up or maybe some did. And I was one of those. Um, they're not fortunate enough to have one. 
So we didn't have one. And for computers, I didn't touch anything. That's true. The first keyboard I touched, I was 19. That is so inspiring that, you know, you didn't have, I mean, because time after time, and it's very understandable when we ask folks about things like that, or when I'm just conversing with somebody, you know, how do you get into technology? Well, you know, when I was eight, I started playing video games and messing around with the computer and it sort of grew from there. And that's, that's so common. And it's really inspiring that without even putting your hands on a keyboard until uh, you're, I think you said 19 years old, um, that here you are an information security professional. That's just so inspiring. Yes. And I I thank you so much. And I want that to be a lesson or help helpful for anyone. Um, Nothing is impossible. It takes time. Uh, don't be, uh, do not stop um, trying to get into the field if you're trying. And if you are in the field, you do know we, we learn something new almost every day. Um, so keep it, staying curious, keeping curiosity uh, alive um, is what's what going to make you break into the field or progress into the field. Um, those are very important traits, in my opinion. Curiosity and love to learn. And sharing the knowledge is a way of learning because you hear yourself talk it out loud and or typing it, and you go, yes, uh, maybe I could even do it a little bit better once you, you see it in writing or thinking. And that's a way to improve even your knowledge. You could solve a problem, and in the process, Oh, maybe I can do it this way. And so there you go. You you hit two birds in one stone. You learn something new and you help someone learn something new. Very well said, Olga. And we know that we're doing this in the middle of your workday, so we want to be very cognizant and thoughtful about your time. I just want to say from the bottom of both of our hearts, congratulations. This is well-earned. And our discussion further proves that. Thank you for giving our listeners courage ask questions, to be curious, to be humble, and to help lift each other up. And just congratulations again on your big win, and thank you for being our first ever top-level defender. Oh my god, I'm so humbled, and I was, I was, re- I'm still in shock that I did win, and uh, I'm, I'm humbled by this, and thank you so much. Thank you, thank you for giving to the, to the, to people like us who are trying uh, to progress or to, to break into the field, I appreciate it. And I hope to pay it forward. And I hope to, even if one person uh, can enter the field from my help, I'm, I'm very grateful. And I look forward to even having more people in the field and helping uh, move more people forward and uh, progress and learning. So thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. We can tell all of that is is very heartfelt, and it's going to be so fun to to just watch your uh, uh, your journey unfold. Um, the community has a lot of connections, and I'm sure we'll see the uh, um, what you've talked about today kind of radiating out from you, and and that'll be really fun to watch. It is. It is it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be, and it's a small community. It's very. I learned how small the community is. Uh, that I, I had met someone in one of the CISSP study groups. So while we were discussing things like three years ago, 
And this is how small the community is. Right now, uh, we're working on the same team. We did not communicate after that um, uh, chapter of our lives. Basically, it was a group uh, discussing, again, uh, CISSP knowledge or CISSP questions. And uh, we went our ways. Come to find out in August when I joined this new job on my team is a guy who I was talking to three years ago without, uh, you know, as I said, it's just CSSP talk. And boom, his name rings a bell. And I ask, hey, didn't we talk three years ago, discuss this, you know, this uh, exam and these questions or these topics? And he said, yes. So that's how small the... (laughs) Yes, that's how small the community is. So please help each other, lift each other up, and uh, we will we will be just a strong uh, team of uh, defenders. I love it. That sounds wonderful to me. Let's make the internet a safer place for everyone. Absolutely. Well, thank you again, Olga, and we can't wait to air this episode. Congratulations. Oh my God. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Kelsey. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. Thank you to Domain Tools for the opportunity. Thank you so much. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at domaintools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. That's all we have for this week. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click.